when you take care of nature, when you engage with it, when you go to those places and you have that positive memory, you're part of the care of that place. When it comes to the natural world, we aren't just users and observers. We're stewards and, like Aaron, cheerleaders. Hello, this is Aaron Freibov, the State Parks Promotions and Sales Specialist. So I have a really cool, interesting job where I get to go around and basically tell people how awesome the state parks are and what they can find there to enjoy. Have you ever talked with someone whose charming quirkiness and enthusiasm for a thing left you smiling every single time you thought back to the conversation? And because of the joy they exuded as they shared their perceptions and experiences, you found yourself chomping at the bit to go to the same places and do the same things, even though you'd been there and done that before. Because this time, you'd do so with new eyes. Well, that's how it's been for me since talking with Aaron Freiboth about Texas state parks. Unlike some of our other state park colleagues who've been at Texas Parks and Wildlife for many years, Erin's relatively new. And while her seasoned co-workers are more studied and deliberate, offering a fine-tuned message when detailing the virtues of our parklands, Erin was delightfully uninhibited as she waxed poetic about the great Texas outdoors. Her unbridled delight could easily entice the most ardent couch potato off the upholstery and onto a trail. Erin speaks about the natural world in general and Texas State Parks specifically from her heart. And you can feel the wildness and the wonder of a place in her words. Our conversation took place in January 2020, before the COVID-19 scourge took root and started to impact park operations. To be on the safe side, prior to traveling to any Texas State Park, natural area, or historic site, it's always wise to check the Texas Parks and Wildlife website for updates or to call ahead. I had originally wanted to do a short podcast with Erin about picnicking in parks, and we talked a little bit about that, but mostly I listened with delight as Erin effused about the parks she loves. Stay with us. From Texas Parks and Wildlife, this is Under the Texas Sky, a podcast about nature and people and the connection they share. I'm Cecilia Nasty. At the time I'm putting together this podcast, it's early April 2020. Texas State Parks have been temporarily closed to maintain the safest environment for visitors, volunteers, and staff in the age of COVID-19. I'm working from my home office with a large fluffy cat sprawled on my desk supervising my efforts. As I listen back to the conversation I recorded with Aaron Freiboth three months earlier, I feel nostalgic and cannot wait for life to return to normal so we can all immerse ourselves in the beauty and the wonder of Texas State Parks without limit. It's my hope that by the time you've discovered this podcast, the world is back to normal at least a new normal, and the gates to all of our parks are open wide and ready to welcome you again. So how many state parks do we have, Erin? We have in total 88. 
gotta make sure I pronounce it just like that or else it sounds like I'm saying ADA. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have ADA parks now that you just mentioned it. Yeah, we do. We actually have quite a few of our parks with ADA-friendly facilities and ADA uh, rule-following facilities as well. So it's pretty cool. And I definitely appreciate that as someone with uh, differently abled family members. I was just at uh, Cooper Lake self-sulfur unit and I got to take my grandmother around the walking paths and so she got to go all around the lakes even though she's in a wheelchair we got her take her over a bridge and that was pretty fun and so there's always a little bit of something for everybody at our parks. I want to back up a little bit. When you came to Texas Parks and Wildlife, you came as an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer, and now you are here working with parks. What is it that made you want to stay after your initial year? I would say it's the mission. To me, one of the most important things in my life is I want to do something with meaning, with impact, and that makes the world a little bit better just because I'm in it. And Getting to work with Texas Parks and Wildlife really helps me fulfill that internal desire, but also helps me be part of a bigger picture of conservation and in community engagement and enrichment. Because when you take care of nature, when you engage with it, when you go to those places and you have that positive memory, you're part of the care of that place. You are an important piece of the continuing success of that location because if no one ever goes to a park who's on the care of the parks no longer there so being able to have a job where I go and I tell people about these wonderful places where they can have these wonderful experiences they in turn are enriched by those places and those places are enriched by their compassion and love for them so to me that is an amazing way to live life is doing a job that does good. I see why you're in promotions now. (laughs) It sounds like it's a pretty easy sell. It can be. Most of the time, it's more like trying to find people what's the destination that best matches their interest. Like I have people that come and they're like, we want to go someplace that's got a view. Like we want to, we want a experience away from civilization. And then I'm like, oh, go to Gorman Falls of Colorado Bend. You hike into the waterfalls. It's this great dramatic reveal of just hiking down this trail that looks very common and normal. Just another hill country trail. And then you start hearing rumbling in the distance and the trail starts getting a little steeper. So you're paying attention to where you're stepping. And then suddenly you realize this loud rumbling noise is right to the left, to the right of your ear. It sounds like a jet engine and you just look and you see this 150 foot wide and 75 foot tall waterfall just cascading down in this riveting noise that seems to rumble deep within you. All at the same time you're enchanted by the different growths of fern and vegetation, moss, and then the minerals depositing on them creating this multi-textural layer and then i get people that come and be like well i just want a nice experience outdoors we're trying our rv we want to go see what it's like to go and see if we like to do the parks and i'm like oh blanco is a great park for that it's right in the middle of town you have a little hiking trail you have a little bird blind you go swimming you go fishing it's got this nice little charming camping area So a lot of the time, it's just trying to find the parks that best meet people's interests. Sounds like you have a pretty good grasp on that. How many of our 88 parks have you actually been to, Erin? I have been to 70. 
I am going to hopefully have uh, 76 by the end of February. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've turned into a bit of a completionist. <laughs> I'm just like using all of my vacation time just to go to visit our parks because I'm like, I want all of them. <laughs> <laughs> then what next after 88 parks? Uh, I think I'm going to go back and visit my favorites and revisit them and get to spend more time knowing their trails and their views because a lot of the time when I'm visiting, I'm just trying to sort of see what are the highlights. And so now I'm going to go back and like with Colorado Bend, they have like 30 miles of trails and I only got to hike maybe about six of them. So I want to go back and hike those some more and go because I'm definitely much of a hiker. And I will say one of my favorite things to do is to take pictures, take uh, sandwiches and take pictures of them from scenic locations <laughs> and just be like, this is my high right rail of my hike. Look at me eating thundercloud on top of a mountain. <laughs> I will say there are sometimes I'd use that to make my friends jelly. <laughs> Taking photographs of what you're eating on the trail as part of your state park travelogue is sweet, quirky, and funny, just like our guest Aaron Freiboff, who promotes Texas state parks for Texas Parks and Wildlife. Coming up, picnics in parks and hidden gems in the state park system. But first, this reminder. This is Under the Texas Sky, a podcast from Texas Parks and Wildlife about nature and people and the connection they share. I'm your producer and host, Cecilia Dasty. Thanks for listening. Erin Freiboth promotes Texas State Parks for Texas Parks and Wildlife. She has a passion for the outdoors and for conserving our wild places and wild things. Her life's goal is to make the world a better place for having been here. She's on her way. We spoke in January 2020, before COVID-19 affected park operations. Before traveling to any Texas state park, natural area, or historic site, check the Texas Parks and Wildlife website for updates or call the sites directly. Meanwhile, if you've listened to the podcast this far, you know Erin is fun-loving and has a penchant for photographing her lunch, usually sandwiches, on her hikes, using state parks as a scenic backdrop. And this brings us to picnicking in parks. One of the things that I like to do is I like to pack a picnic and go outside with uh, friends and family. And uh, tell me why a park is a great place for dining al fresco or having a reunion. What sets them apart from some place you can rent in town? Well, for one, you get all that natural beauty around you. It's such a lovely experience to just go out and escape the noises of the city and traffic and be able to enjoy just a quiet, peaceful moment or just have that space available for you and your family to get to talk and engage them with each other without having to worry about talking over other people. What are some of the facilities people can find that can make their outdoor experience more pleasurable? Well, we have a little bit of from the most basic thing of sitting on a nice rock to group facilities with full service kitchens and restrooms that can house up to 100 people on average. But some of our buildings can go up to 200. One of our star buildings for uh, group uh, gatherings is actually at Lake Brownwood. That park is super popular for renting its group rec hall. Like almost every weekend is rented out to a wedding at this point. We've got so many great facilities just like that one. 
We also have the more casual format where it's just a nice picnic bench by a river with a good breeze going by, some shade. Sometimes they're narrow public beaches and you could go and do some hiking off of those as well or just enjoy some nice time just looking and listening to birds. Tell me a park that you think in, in the 70 some odd that you've already visited, you think are some of the great picnic destinations. Enchanted Rock is a great destination because you get to go climb atop of a pink dome and have a sandwich. So you feel very accomplished, but at the same time, you get this really enjoyable experience of going up. Another one that's really nice is I really like Palmetto. Palmetto's nice because it sort of feels like you're in this primeval swamp, but you don't have all the like the gnarly mosquitoes and biting bugs. So you sort of get this feel like you're walking with the dinosaur lands, but at the same time, you don't have to be worried about being eaten by anything. <laughs> so in this kind of a setting, you'd probably bring a big turkey leg or a beef rib bone. Oh yeah, that's definitely a great setting for uh, palmetto. <laughs> palmetto would be perfect for a big old bone or something. <laughs> Another part, other parts of the state. Oh, Estero La Grande is a great place to have a picnic. They have this beautiful birding center there and it overlooks this pond where they normally can see almost like 200 birds a day on this pond. It's a crazy and they have these really nice relaxing picnic tables and chairs overlooking the pond and it's all shaded and so it's just a great location to do some birding and have a nice picnic. Yeah, so you can really multitask. You know, you go out there for a day of picnicking, but there's so much more. So Estero Llano Grande, what's another great wildlife viewing park? One of my favorites is Gavi Brazos Bend, because I grew up in the uh, 1990s and the 2000s, and I love alligators. (laughs) And so I love that park for wildlife. They have this wonderful little nature boardwalk trail, and it's great for photography because of how all the light comes in. But my favorite thing is you get to see baby alligators on the trail and they chirp like little birds, like chirp, chirp, chirp. It's adorable. I think they're so cute. I have to stop myself from being like, I want to hold one. (laughs) And then at the same time, you got all these wonderful uh, wetland birds. So when I was there and I just took like an hour and a half hike and I saw 20 species of wetland birds. I even got to see a bird riding a big alligator. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty funny. The alligator was just trying to be like all sneaky through the mud, marsh, like it was trying to move slowly. And then there was this white egret just riding it like, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) You never know what you're going to see when you get outdoors. No, I see stuff all the time that just amazes me. One of my favorite things to do when I'm outdoors is take pictures. It's a very millennial thing to say probably, but I'm out there with my cell phone taking pictures. And I love trying to find those like wow moments in nature and get a good picture of them and then find beautiful vegetation and animals. Like one of my favorite pictures I ever got was a little green lizard sitting in these green leaves. And you could barely see it, but this lizard was just so cocky. He was just like looking me dead in the eyes while I'm like inches away from him taking a picture. And he's just like, I don't care, I'm a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just so much fun. And then I saw an armadillo. Like I was just hiking down the trail and not sort of paying attention to my surroundings, just off in my own head, just sort of thinking my thoughts. 
And then I hear this rustling in the corner and I look over and I see an armadillo like seven feet away from me just face deep in a pile of leaves looking for grubs. And it just stood there like even looked at me like oh oh it just kept going on his way and I just stood there for like good five minutes just watching this armadillo dig for its grubs and I'm like this is pretty cool. <laughs> you would never like get this experience at any other place but at a park. How do people, if they want to go to a park, get a big group going there, there are opportunities to uh, make reservations and such. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So we have reservable group facilities, so you can go online to make those reservations. They'll tell you the size and any amenities that they have, like if they have a cooking area, refrigerator, uh, restroom, or if they're just like an outdoor shade pavilion, they'll tell you the capacity and things like that and you can rent that. You can also go ahead and call our call center where you'll be sent to the group desk and they specialize in handling groups coming in and making reservations for them. Now our parks are pretty popular and some of these facilities are pretty popular. How far in advance can somebody make uh, make an arrangement? Um, it depends what you're doing or uh, what time of days you're going. Like if you're going for weekends uh, try to reserve out as far as you can. I would start looking probably about two months out, uh, especially at the more popular parks like uh, like Brownwood can fill up almost six months in advance. But yeah, so two months is about the beginning window. But if you start go inching off towards the more really popular parks that get booked way in advance, you want to start looking around the four to five month window. And of the parks that you visited, which do you think are hidden gems that somebody really ought to make the time to go to, whether they bring a sandwich or not? <laughs> well, we've got quite a few hidden gems. I was just at one recently, about a week ago, and that was San Angelo. That was a hidden gem. Like, oh my gosh, what an amazing park. You can go hiking there and be in a sea of native grassland, one of the rarest ecosystems in the entire United States, and not see any buildings in a 360 view. Like, it is amazing. Like, I was hiking for about a mile and I got this experience. It's amazing. And they had dinosaur tracks that you could go in. Like, they were actually uh, pre-dinosaur tracks. And you could actually go and touch them. They're one of the few places in our park system where you can go and tactically interact with our tracks. Uh, the other one would be Dinosaur Valley, which is such a gem of a park. Like, oh my gosh, I grew up with the Jurassic Park. There might be a theme about scaled creatures at this point in time. Um, <laughs> but I loved the dinosaur trucks because they're in the riverbed, so we don't really have any protections on them. They are 100% interactable. So I immediately went into the water, put my foot in a track, took a picture of it, sent it to my mom, and all caps went, DINOSAURS! <laughs> I was very excited, <laughs> and I had a wonderful time. They have this place called the dance room floor, and it's just this big tracks of dinosaur tracks on top of each other moving around and it's so cool and they mostly have two types of dinosaurs both are herbivores but one has like a t-rex style track and the other has that long neck style track with it's like it looks like a big circle with three little toes on the top <laughs> so those are the most common ones there oh i got light, slightly sidetracked on the dinosaur sorry <laughs> um Lyndon B. Johnson Stay Historic Park is a wonderful little gem of a park. It's going to have its wildflower startup soon. 
So that is a great photo destination, especially if you want to see like a sea of red flowers or a sea of yellow flowers. Because for some reason, how it was planted, the flowers time out so you almost always get like a uniformity of colors. Mm. And they also have a historical living farm. And so you can go back and see what farming was like before the advent of the modern technology of a tractor. So you get to see someone plow a field with ox. And you get to see the chickens, and you get to see how they cure meat, how they make cheese, how they grow veggies. It's a pretty cool experience, and it's、uh, one of our few free parks. So you can go there for the day, have a picnic, go explore the farm, and at the same time, you can go over to the National Historic Site and go see his house, his ranch, his airplanes, and his airport, and his, all those fancy cars. <laughs> it's a great day trip park. Another hidden gem, Eisenhower.、Yeah. Eisenhower is really cool. You can see like fossilized seashells and snail shells and all this stuff around the Bay Area. They have lots of water there and like these rocky cliff like coasts. So you almost feel like you're in some place other than Texas when you're there. Like it's a very unique feeling park and really nice hiking trails there. I enjoyed that. Aaron says Lake Colorado City State Park is another hidden gem with trails that seem to make music as you hike. They have one of the funnest trails I've found in the entire system. It's called the Cactus Trail,、uh-huh. and it winds around the lake, but it goes up and down. And it's got all these dynamic movement along the trail. You get to see all this different vegetation. And there was this really fun plant that I need to look up the name, but the seed pods sound like a little maraca. So I would just like brush them. Accidentally, <laughs> quotation marks, and I could hear like this whole Morocco plant going.、Wow. It was a lot of fun on that trail, and like great little looks at the lake. So it was a great photo destination as well. So I really enjoyed that. Everything that you've said right now is very encouraging to anybody to get out and explore our state park system. So if you had to do that elevator speech. We'll give you ten floors. Why somebody should get out to a state park, whether they're picnicking or they want to hike or they want to take photographs or they just need a little bit of time in a quiet place, what would you say to them? I would say that the state parks have a myriad of opportunities to enjoy yourself, but also to try things out. You could do kayak rentals. You can borrow fishing equipment. We have swimming. We have all the Hallmark classics like the swimming, the hiking, the biking, horseback riding, picnic tables, overnight stay. So you've got the classics, but then you also have those unique experiences found at our parks. Getting to see a waterfall, getting to hike in the second largest canyon in the United States, going to see wild bison roaming through your campsite. Enjoying those lake, sparkling lakeside views with these amazing sunsets,、um, going to hike mountains or go to the largest urban park in the continental United States at El Paso with over 100 miles of hiking and biking trails. Like we have all these unique experiences to offer, and you could find something that will attract you. And that will open the door to all these other amazing experiences because once you taste, you want the whole meal. I am ready to get out to a state park, natural area, or historic site right now. What about you? 
Since we are living a new normal due to the coronavirus, before heading out to any Texas state park, historic site, or natural area, always check the website for updates or call the site directly. By the way, you might like to know that a $70 Texas State Parks Pass allows you free entry to state parks for one year. Some parks don't charge an entry fee at all. Activity and camping fees still apply. Find complete details, including discounts cardholders receive, on the Texas Parks and Wildlife website. And so we come to the end of another podcast. Under the Texas Sky is a production of Texas Parks and Wildlife and is available for streaming or download at underthetexassky.org or from wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, leave a review and let us know how we're doing and what you'd like to hear. We record at the Block House in Austin, Texas. Joel Block does our sound design. We get distribution and web help from Susan Griswold and Benjamin Kaling. I'm your producer and host, Cecilia Nasty, reminding you that life's better outside when you're under the Texas sky. You're part of the care of that place. You are an important piece of the continuing success of that location. Because if no one ever goes to a park, who's on the care if the park's no longer there? Join us again next time for Under the Texas Sky. <laughs>